Namahi Koto and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy where with the helping hand of the brass Fritz Royasi we recap the 10th and final regular season round of Super Rugby Aotearoa in 2021. Well, tēnā <coughs> and thank you very much for joining me back on Code with Kingy where we're recapping the final round of Super Rugby Aotearoa, the regular season that is. And thankfully, like we hoped for uh, last Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think we recorded it, yeah, um, yeah. we got two great games of footy on the weekend, bro. So we'll start with the Landers and the Canes, which is Friday night. A forty-one to twenty-two win to the home team. Um, yeah, I'll let you take it away, bro. What'd you take away from that first encounter? Um, yeah, just like I said, it was one of the hardest games for Canes. Oh, not Canes necessarily, but um, Highlanders, especially that first half. Um, for both teams actually, yeah. So I thought the um, Canes pulled through pretty well. They still showed the intent to play from the own twenty-two. And um, yeah, it looked like they have uh, more to come, hopefully, in this uh, Trans-Tasman uh, crossover. As well as Highlanders, um, mm, I don't know, there wasn't much on their, their plate, I guess. I thought their uh, forwards, obviously, uh, were good in contact. Shannon Brazil definitely um, owning that six jersey, this Super Rugby tournament for the Blacks. But um, yeah, besides that, I don't think their backs suffered too much with their backline they put out. I think the difference... This week, uh, well, maybe not the difference, but the Canes the last couple of weeks have had a lot more get-go. Oh, get-go, had a lot more intent from the get-go, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, best exemplified by Dupacy Khalifi. Uh, I thought he was yeah. outstanding on Friday night. He was into everything. And the big takeaway for me, for him, was the zero penalties conceded now. Now, again, I've been on him in the past about him being into everything and maybe, you know, not zeroing enough rucks for my liking, but, you know, he came away from that game with four turnovers and zero penalties as well as the dot to his name and 14 tackles, which I think led all tacklers for the Canes. So, yeah, and that's standing up for him. But just, I guess, bridging off him was just the, the defensive intent from the Canes. And I thought they did particularly well, especially in that first half, despite them going down 17-15 uh, at the halftime break. I actually thought that they had a bit of an edge. And then building into that second half, it just looked as if the Highlanders sort of ran out of gas and the Canes, uh, unlike pretty much every single game they've had them se- this season outside of their game against the Highlanders, they just had the ability to score off first favourites or just from broken play. So I, I point to the try for Laumapi where they sort of got through a couple of phases, managed to get a mismatch down the sideline with Ryasi and then Geordie puts in a, a nicely weighted chip kick and Nani does the rest. Um, yeah, scrappy, scrappy line-out ball, Ruben Love, you know, just goes off the right foot, feeds Dupacy back on the inside, try time. The nice little break from Cam Royguard off the ruck, Lamapi makes the break, and fuck that, that number eight, Brandon Nyosi from one or two. He's got, he's got plenty of toe for a loose forward. Yeah, he gets his I'm dot, sure. sort of a broken play, and even Salisi's right at the end, where they just find a mismatch out wide, gets around Milnescada, and then manages to skin Kane Hamilton. Um, before dotting down close to the post. So it was just those tries that the Hurricanes got in the second half that was pretty much what they've been lacking the whole season. They just haven't been able to convert or capitalise on those, you know, those three-on-twos down the short side or, you know, slipping that ball away and having it find a guy in stride rather than behind him. 
Um, and it's disappointing. I mean, I guess a lot of the pressure was off both teams for that game, and it just looked as if the Hurricanes were getting the rub of the grain. But, yeah, it, it, it was a good game to watch, but I think the thing that I pointed out last week as well was the Highlanders, with them being a smaller team, they do tend to maybe struggle a bit up front, and they do miss a lot of front-on tackles. So this time around, they did miss 37 to the Canes 22. Um, and like I said, they just didn't quite show enough ability to scramble or the Hurricanes were just too good on Friday night with the opportunities that they got. And yeah, ultimately 41-22 winners. But I think it is a good confidence booster for the Hurricanes going into this Trans-Tasman competition. I don't think that the Highlanders would have taken too many negatives out of it, I guess, moving forward for them when they go over to Australia as well. But 59 missed tackles isn't, you know, something that you, you know, that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not what you desire as a, as a super rugby coach, would you? 100... Oh. Yeah, especially about Dupes. I mean, she, she started off with uh, two yellow cards in his first two games, I'm pretty sure. And he's just been um, just well-disciplined and unreal since. I guess casting your eye forward to maybe 2022, you know, not looking to overlook this uh, Australasian competition, but the emergence of Devin Flanders, um, like I think Cam Rosengrave mentioned last week, he's sort of been a guy that's taken the most of his opportunities in 2021, and I thought he did well. On Friday night again, he managed to get that first dot. Um, so it's going to be interesting moving forward for me how they round out that trio because obviously Artie's out and he's your talisman. He's your skipper. So he gets whatever jersey that he wants, whether that be number eight or number seven. So does Devin Flanders play enough like a six to then complement Karifi being there as well? Or does Karifi play six, Artie play seven, and then you keep Flanders at eight? Uh, I think that's just a question that'll be interesting to see you know, how it works out moving forward because I think they're all quality players and I think that the Hurricanes have to do the most to develop their talent because they haven't had a lot of luck drawing big names from elsewhere unlike the Crusaders who named an Argentinian international for this yeah, season next no year but yeah there, there were there were quite a few bright spots for the Canes and I guess it was a great way for them to give back to their fans and what's been a less than desirable season but I think that they'll. I think all the Kiwi teams will do a number on the Australian teams just from yeah, the yeah. the quality of rugby I've seen on the likes of YouTube and when I've been on Sky from time to time. But yeah, a good, a good game, a good spectacle, nice tries. But yeah, the the defence was pretty shoddy, bro. But um, we're on to the next team though, that being the Blues and the Chiefs again. Another dead rubber, with the Chiefs already locking up that spot in the final this weekend. Uh, Thirty nine nineteen to the Blues, although it was nineteen all, with twenty minutes to go in that game and. Mm. Uh, with me taking the lead on this one, bro, I just thought that the the Chiefs, uh, the way they played for that first hour, it just exemplified the way Clayton McMillan has turned things around. They scored all of their points up until Sean Stevenson's try and through penalties just because they, I guess with the team that they fielded, they just didn't quite have that punch to breach a more experienced yeah, blue side yeah. or match them up front. But they stayed in the fight and even though they were getting bullied a little bit, I thought that their tackling was superb. I thought that they did well on their own goal line um, in certain periods, besides maybe when uh, Adrian Trote scored his try. And then it was just momentary lapses. So a nice bit of um, passing from Wiki Iwani, you know, put Zan Sullivan away in the corner, which put them up 19-12. And then before that, that first try for Kurt Eklund, that was just a nicely run angle from the hooker. So if I'm a Chiefs fan, you know, I'm pretty pleased with how that young trio turned out. Um, because I, I guess ultimately for them, that was just their opportunity to give the young boys a bit more of a run and, see how they go on the big stage and I thought they did pretty well and then yeah just unfortunately for them that last 20 minutes the Blues turned it up and yeah ended up on the scoreline out what do you think yeah exactly that actually um, 
was going to say uh, everywhere you just said as well. But uh, <laughs> nah, they they were unreal. I thought Zan just has an old head in the shoulders. He played well. Was that the place at the right time? I think his brother got a little cheeky try of him. Or was that disallowed? I think it nah, was it was disallowed, bro. It was disallowed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was just... It was good. Even Gilliam Rampling set up um, Sean on that. And he made that little half break and then gave a little offload. So, yeah, good positives to take from both teams, actually. Heading to the Trans-Sasman and the finals for the Chiefs this week. Yeah, well, because you don't really get those sorts of opportunities in the Aotearoa competition because of how condensed the season is. Um, and like I said, that's, you know, that was just a, a great opportunity for, for them to field a couple of guys that probably wouldn't have seen as much game time. You know, typically when you get debutants on, they get in the last five, ten minutes. But um, they started the likes of Zane Capelli, who put in that monster hit on Altidy Black. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, I thought that he did quite well to toil away the way that he did. Bring Gatlin, who seems to be a guy that, you know, at the start of the season was looked at as their number ten moving forward. He sort of fell out of favour, but he did really well with the boot, and I thought he did pretty decent, you know, considering the, the lack of front football as Fords were providing him. I thought that, yeah, again, he did he did with well with what he had, and then he obviously had the, the clutch sideline conversion to tie it up at 19 all. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. Stevenson did well with, you know, his, his opportunity. He hasn't really had a lot of burn this season off the back of Atene Nanai Satoru and the likes of Sean, Sean Wainui getting a bit of favouritism there. Um, and then, like you mentioned, like the, the guys that came in off the bench, um, Gideon Rampling, Xavier Rowe, uh, Rameka Poihipi, who started at second five. Again, he was a guy that didn't even have a Super Rugby contract uh, going into last yeah, summer. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of talent waiting in the wings for the Chiefs, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds this weekend given the amount of rest that their, their stars got ahead of this week's blockbuster, bro. But, yeah, I mean, if you just look at the stats, I mean, the, the Blues dominated 60-40 with both position and territory, but they just couldn't quite make the most of it just because of the way that that Chiefs team defended. And ultimately, they just ended up putting the bang on them like I said in that last quarter um, Hoskins to 2-2 I thought maybe put forward his case I thought that Peter Gus Sawakula actually outplayed him in that first hour but yeah. I guess towards the end of it he just showed his flair like that one handed offload that he threw for AJ Lamb's first try like I'm not sure there's another player uh, in the country that can do that sort of thing so I think that was a good way to end his Super Rugby Aotearoa campaign on and Tom Robinson, he's another one. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him next year or Kiri Iwani, whether or not they can keep all those sorts of players in their talent pool because, I mean, you just have to go on to mention the guys of like Jacob um, Neatkins who didn't get any go this year. He's still 20. Um, Zan Sullivan, it was his first game. I mean, it's just going to be, again, um, not wanting to repeat uh, the use of the word interesting just over the, the course of the next couple of weeks over in Australia to see you know, who gets a go and who doesn't. You know, whether or not this is just an opportunity for these New Zealand teams because I do think they are better and they probably know that they are better as well to, to test things out when, you know, in previous seasons you don't really get that opportunity besides the weeks that you do play the, the lesser teams. Yeah, it'd be a good chance to start some of the young boys as well, especially for likes of Blues. So that'd be expecting Jacob Nickham to get a run, especially the next few games as well, as well as um, Swanee to have a start and still keep Zandi. But yeah, uh, Crusaders, uh, yeah, they've still got a few young boys as well. They started them. Um, they benched Tumati, oh, I can't remember his last name. Williams? Big yeah, yeah, Williams. Yeah, bro. So he was on the bench. He might get a bench game this weekend. But yeah, just it's a tournament. The next uh, coming comp is, um, I guess, a great way to chuck some young boys at the deep end. 100%, bro. Single swim, single swim. Um, I'll leave my thoughts for this weekend's game for the preview podcast tomorrow 
Um, but rolling in, uh, just before I let you go, bro, we'll do my run or pass segments. I've just got five questions or five talking points from the weekend, and you just give me um, your opinion on whether or not you're running or passing on it, bro. So number one, this one's for the Canes. Uh, Ruben Love, is he the answer in the 10 jersey for them moving forward? Ooh, that's a good question, bro. Um, might have to kick for a touch for that one and uh, find out later. No run or pass there. Middle ground. But uh, yeah, it didn't start too well, but frick, second half, I think everyone just turned, turned it on and he seemed to be the one of the main distributors in that second half. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I can't really chime in either. I have my own um, favouritism or bias towards that guy, so... I like you had to put that one into touch. Um, second, uh, I guess it's. I mean, it was pretty clear to see that the the Highlanders with their their higher run of injuries and just their I guess their lack of size in certain positions with having to field like the third or fourth string. Um, but do you think that that was probably the the most glaring area for them to to fix or for them to work on moving into next season? I think the way they've been playing, it, it kind of got shut down from giving them. Jonah and Ricky time, so if you see, look at his games where he's gone off, he's had the ball pretty much at will, so he's had space, he had time to ball, but since that game, I think most teams recognise he was a danger man, not necessarily size, but I guess just, yeah, uh, yeah you could say that, but uh, I think in terms of the young players, especially Conor Garden Bearship as well, being the size of they can definitely do with bigger size, but I guess they just got to find a way to adjust, especially with you know how big super teams are. I guess that's the reason why they beat you know, some of the big boys like the Blues, Crusaders as well. Just having their edge off, you know, small boy rugby on the outsides, just quick nippy boys. But they'd have to look at yeah, they'd have to look at size of the midfield. I don't think. Um, I don't think they did the line their midfields on Saturday on Friday against the Canes. I didn't see one short ball or you know, set piece play where crash in the middle and they try to beat the insides. But yeah, maybe that'll be a good look. Get some bigger midfields. Mm, that's probably telling of I guess the way that, that Friday unfolded and what a lot of the games have been like. This isn't to say that you need to be big, big, big to go on and win a competition but I think you either have to be really really dynamic which I think that the Highlanders well they do have a lot of players that have that x-factor and they didn't quite have it so if you point to the likes of Shannon Frizzell x-factor player great with ball in hand great on defense but then you have someone like a Billy Harmon who's excellent over the ball but is more so a toiler you know he gets in does yeah, his yeah. job but he's not spectacular same with that Kazuki Himeno. He was he's not the biggest number eight running around, and again, good over the ball. You know, will work his ass off, but wasn't quite the athlete to you know make something out of nothing. And if you look across the their, their tight five again, they're pretty much full of toilers, and you need toilers in your team. But because the Highlanders did lack that size when they came up against bigger teams on certain occasions, it was a bit counteractive for them. You know, even when they did look to play wide, like you said, when they had no punch through the middle, just off the edges of the rack teams were able to jockey and negate the skills and the flair of the likes of John Anadeki, Connor Garden Bishop, and even Aaron Smith to a certain extent. So, yeah, yeah, that's just um, my two cents here, bro. Uh, moving on to the Blues, question number three. They should keep Zan Sullivan at 15 for the Australasian competition. Um, yeah, why not? Give the good go. Have to. I think, yeah, he's yeah, well-deserving of it. 
not no uh, digs to Stephen Profeta, but um, I guess if you think about the future, even um, coach Bluesy coach uh, said prior to the season that um, Zahn is definitely one player in the future at fullback. So um, yeah, it'd be good to see what happens. Don't know what they'll do next year with um, likes of Bernie Barrett coming back. Might have to chuck him back at 10 and then just have a play around with um, Otelli Black at you know, Winter Solomon. But yeah, have to see. Well, that that's my thinking, bro. I'm, I'm going to pick up where you left off. So if you've got Bowden coming back next year, he's probably going to play 10. That's where he wants to play. That's where he's playing over in Japan. And the way his brother and Damien McKenzie are playing at the moment, he's going to have it pretty tough to even get his hands on that jersey for the All Blacks campaign coming up in a couple of months. But yeah, again, directing our eyes towards 2022, you've got Roger Torvastashek coming back, so he's going to occupy one of the wing spots. And so when I look at all the talent that the Blues have on their roster, you'd probably want to invest in a guy like San Sullivan the most because I think he's even had a bit of time at 10 as a young yeah, buck, yeah. as well as being a, as well as being a 15, sort of similar to like a Damian McKenzie. And when you look at someone like Ortiz Black, even though he's not that long in the tooth, he probably just doesn't offer... The, the same on attack as Zan Sullivan or Zan Sullivan has the potential to moving forward so I think if you give him a bit more time in the jersey you know, and give him a test at rugby at this level you know consistently over the next month or so that'll just put him in better stead going into next year and then that way if you have Bowden playing 10 and whoever playing 15 if that's Stephen Petalfetta because even he's younger than Ortega Black and then you can afford to have someone like a Zan Sullivan on the bench because He's already battle hardened. Yeah, yeah. And you, you keep him there because I think like you know like with any talent, unfortunately, the older guys get overlooked because they don't have any, or they don't have as much potential to get better as players. So that that's just my thinking, bro. I, I'd definitely look to keep him there at fifteen if you if you're wanting to keep him in a Blues jersey because if you can't give him any game time, you know there's going to be other teams around the country that are going to be looking to get them on their team list. So. Yeah, bro. Um, moving on to question four, though. Uh, Sean Wainui was captain of the Chiefs on the weekend, and I particularly enjoyed his speech after the game in Tadeo, and I thought that he did a good job. He's one of those guys who always puts in consistent performances. But he may have picked up an ankle injury um, with going off in that last quarter, bro. So how big of a loss will he be if he's out this weekend against the Crusaders? Um, Is it going to be a big one? Would you run with him being a big nah, one? Not particularly. I, I don't think he's... I think he didn't make the bench two games prior to this game actually or maybe just made the bench no I don't think he did or was he playing centre no they had Nankerville uh, and Leonard Brown in the midfield yeah and then, and the then I think they he... had um, they had Sean they had uh, who was the midfield Ramika yeah so I, I, yeah he hasn't really been in the mix for some of those big games but not yeah definitely not the biggest loss He's, but he's definitely a guy you, you definitely consider starting every week. Or week. You know, he's a glue man. He's just a guy that keeps the team together. Good in D. Good in attack. Doesn't you can't give him the ball and tell him to score. Like run run away fifty meter try and beat two players in the way, but he, you know, he'll make fifteen chop tackles, two tries. He's kind of that guy, but yeah, yeah I don't okay. think he's the biggest. You know, loss for him. Fair enough. All right. And just to round it out, my man, uh, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, Pablo Mateta, the Argentinian captain, uh, was announced that he's going to be playing for the Crusaders in next year's Super Rugby competition, however that looks, bro. So my final question, man, is it overkill having a 
you know, arguably world-class loose forward joining the best team or best club side in the world. Overcoat is holy. That guy dominated against our Warbrick's forwards. Would like to see what he's going to do against his Seabrookie. Shannon Brazil might have a crack at him again, get his revenge <laughs> after that little scuffle they had. But yeah, no, that guy plays with passion. I think that's what we what we miss here. We kind of play. Obviously, we do play with a little passion, but um, those Europeans, man, something else. Yeah, bro, hundred percent. Um, I I don't know. I guess if I'm a if I'm a young loose forward like a a Carlin Grace, I'm not what not sure what sort of picture that paints for them. Uh, moving into next year whether or not you know they I mean of course they'll take it in their stride and use it as motivation to get themselves in tip top shape yeah and help put their best foot forward during that pre-season period but when you sign a player like that you got to give them minutes similar to what they did with the uh, with Hemino down at the Highlanders yeah and I don't know like I guess if you're an international player you always want to be pitting yourself against the best and when you're that good you know any team's going to look to chase your signature or want your signature but I'm not sure if there's really a need for us in the space that we're in I and mean, looking to develop the best players that we can as a country especially like building towards a World Cup whether or not we want to be taking in someone like that yeah. you know show him and showing him how we play the game it's probably me being a little bit selfish but yeah I'm just more so looking out for the development of our young players if that makes sense yeah 100 uh, Steve definitely would have Steve Hanson definitely would have had a word with um, his Crusaders head coach well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's like a big fuck you from Scott Robertson from not being the yeah. All Blacks coach, bro. He probably doesn't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> oh, well, bro. But that's a wrap on the recap for the final round or the final regular season round of Super Rugby Aotearoa, bro. Just want to say thank you very much again, Fritters, for joining me on the podcast and um, all the best for footy for the rest of the season, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm chafed that I didn't get to catch up with you last week when you were in the capital. But um, yeah, man, I'm no doubt I'll see you Doing something stupid on IG sometime soon. <laughs> Cheers, Ray. That'll be a pleasure. All right, bro. Catch you up. Later, bros.